I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And this is The Aftermath of Sex. I'm a certified nurse midwife. And I'm a registered nurse. And this is not medical advice. she is here we are hey hello i think it's gonna work i think so too okay all right cool okay so you start okay well welcome here we are for another episode of birth adventures yeah hello we're doing a little something different today we are we're experimenting and you guys gotta let us know if it's working or not working. Um, This summer has been so busy and we've been go, 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 go. And so Megan and I have not seen the whites of each other's eyes in what seems like a month. Yeah. I feel like it has been close to a month other than maybe in passing at work, but not anything podcast related. Yeah. Which makes me sad because if I'm seeing Megan at work, it's like 1am and I don't right. have all the faculties about <laughs> me to be discussing business. So, right, right. So, well, yeah, we we have plans to get together here soon. But today we are going to do this over the phone, and um, yeah. we thought that a birth adventure episode would be a good one to try. So, yes, super exciting. We have a couple of lovely stories today that I'm excited to share. Yeah. Anything exciting going on in your life? What have you been doing? Oh man. Um, I haven't been doing anything, but good. Oh my gosh. Actually the most beautiful thing happened last night. What? So I have now experienced probably one of my most special birth stories of like catching babies. Oh, I love that. And I have this beautiful family that transferred Karen to me later in their pregnancy and we're from somewhere else. And, um, they have a nine-year-old and a two-year-old and the nine-year-old wanted to be really involved in this birth. And she was able to see her sister be born. Oh, cool. But she really wanted to like be there and kind of do some things. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, do you want to catch your baby? And she was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like she got super excited. And, I was able to help her catch her sister. Wow. It was that is super so cool. Yeah. It makes me tear up because it was just, she was so, she's going to be a midwife one day because oh, yeah. she was so into it. And then afterwards she was like feeling the, the pulse on the cord to make sure that the delayed cord clamping was until the pulsing stopped. It was just so wow. cute. Yeah. I loved That's it so really much. Cool. I love that too. I, I actually was, love it when siblings are there appropriately. Yes. So, yeah. It's, and it's not for everyone. Not all siblings. No, 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 no. You know, would tolerate no, I had, that. Michaela's been at both of her siblings' births and she was four for the first. Yeah. Uh-oh, I lost you. Can you hear me? Oh, no, I can hear you. Okay. Anyway, Michael, when when Michaela was four, she was totally good to go. She was like our photographer, and I prepared her for it. But Michael would not have been mentally ready at four to be a part of that, I don't think. Yeah. It's cool. 
I love that. What a great story. That was really cool. Super special. Yeah. Um, What have you been doing? What's been fun for you? I've been doing a lot of traveling um, and working actually a ton. June was super, super, super busy. We went to Texas twice for various things and we went camping. That was fun. And then um, July is like slowing way down so I can actually be home and get stuff done at my house that I need to. So that's good. And I'm starting to ramp up in my travels. So my family comes in a couple of weeks and we're going to travel all around Alaska and just show them the sights and things. And so I'm trying to get my house ready now so that I can be gone and feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, good. Well, Well, do you want to start or do you want me to? I'll start. I, I will tell Audra's story. Okay. Okay. Well, this is from Audra. This was my sixth and final pregnancy. Knowing that it was going to be our last baby made things so much sweeter. I knew it would be early for the pregnancy test to pick up if I was pregnant, but if it could, it was worth the chance for Father's Day. I found out I was expecting on Father's Day of 2022, I was three and a half weeks. It was so, I know. (laughs) The tests nowadays are just so incredible. They're so good. good. Yeah. It was so fun to share the news with my husband on that day. This pregnancy had its fair share of ups and downs. Early on, I spotted for two and a half weeks, and I thought for sure I would lose the baby. Eventually, the bleeding did stop, and an ultrasound showed that the baby's heart was still beating. I was now 16 weeks, and I was bleeding again. This time it happened only when I was active. Another ultrasound was scheduled. The baby's heart was still beating, exclamation, exclamation. It ended up that the placenta was covering the cervix. Oh, okay. Um, I was assured that it was still early in the pregnancy and that the chances of the problem resolving itself were very high. I knew that the baby was still small, but I asked the ultrasound tech if she had any guesses as to the baby's gender. She responded, my best guess is that it's a girl. At 23 weeks, I went for an anatomy scan. A girl. She would make things even. Three boys and three girls. I know. The placenta problem had resolved. Thank goodness. All great news. After a couple of weeks, I was diagnosed with some varicose veins in a less than flattering area. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. I learned about that one uh, in an episode because I think it's super important that people understand that it can happen in places they don't think about. Yeah, totally. I learned that walking is good for varicose veins because it increases circulation. I started walking religiously at the Depper every morning, pushing my two-year-old in a stroller. Christina saw us there a few times. <laughs> yeah. I am a huge planner. When it comes time to see my doctor weekly, I scheduled multiple visits at once. I found out that the week I would go in for my 39-week exam, my OB would be out of town. I told the receptionist that that was when I'd have the baby. Just like my fifth pregnancy, I was diagnosed with an irritable uterus. I was told to take it easy and drink plenty of fluids. I was so tired of people saying that. (laughs) Out of spite, I drank a gallon of water almost every day. (laughs) (laughs) On February 1st at 36 weeks and one day, I'd been having contractions every three minutes for almost an hour. Nothing helped. I reluctantly called my OB. We talked about things. He said if it continued for a couple hours, I should head in to get checked. After a few hours and not being able to get any rest, I told my husband that I was going to drive myself to the hospital. It was one in the morning. We had five kids at home asleep. 
I figured they were going to send me home and might as well have my husband stay home with the kids and get actual sleep, which is a wise lady. My husband very reluctantly agreed to let me go in. With that, I made my way to the hospital. Just I bet she was hard for him to just let me go. I bet it was. Yeah. But I feel like she wasn't, you know, she wasn't sure if this was labor. It was probably the right thing to do instead of, you know, how many times do people go in and it's just not yeah. it. They've uprooted the whole family. And so that was probably um, just some experienced experience. That's what that is. Yeah. Just before 2 a.m., I checked into the ER and an L&D nurse came and got me. On our way up to L&D, I told her I had left my hospital bag and my husband at home because I knew I was going to be sent home. She oh, said that she wouldn't even make me change into a gown uh, because maybe that way I really would be in labor. Okay. <laughs> labor superstition kicking in. We got to the little L&D triage room. I was checked in. I was two centimeters. She said she was going to call my doctor and monitor things for a while. She gave me a call light and made sure I was all set to get some rest. She came in sometime later and said, I do believe you're in labor. And I said in utter shock and disbelief, no. We talked for a moment about how I might be in denial. Anyway, she left for a while. I figured I would wait to call my husband. I didn't want him to come if it was a false alarm. Well, after some more rest, the contractions eventually stopped. I was given some medicine to help with the uterine irritability. If it only helped general irritability and not just my uterus. (laughs) (laughs) We all need some of that. Right. Um, I was sent home. My doctor wanted me to come in later that day. I went in and he wrote me a prescription for a medicine that would help with the irritability, but it wouldn't stop actual labor. At 37 weeks, my OB said I didn't have to continue the medicine, but I still took it for another week. I hated having so many contractions. Yeah. Sunday, February 12th, I was having contractions about every five minutes. uh, After two hours, I called my OB and we decided that I would go in the next day for an appointment. And if things got worse, I was able to go into the hospital. Another two hours went by and things finally slowed down. I remember being relieved when I went 11 minutes without a contraction. Oh my, she must have been really annoyed by those. Yeah. I was also super, oh, she wrote, I was also super annoyed. (laughs) 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 The next day, Monday, I was in the office to see my OB. I was two, maybe three centimeters, and he mentioned something about stripping my membranes. I had no idea what that meant, but I certainly was not logistically ready to have the baby. Emotionally, I was so ready to be done with the pregnancy. I opted not to have my membranes stripped and went home. Once home, I went to the Mayo Clinic's website to figure out exactly what it was. My husband and I decided that if my OB mentioned the membrane stripping at my next appointment, we would go for it, but only if the OB brought it up. Oh. I know. A few days later, Friday, I was 38 weeks in one day. I was back in the office for my scheduled appointment. He checked my cervix. I was three centimeters and 50% effaced. And he mentioned nothing about membrane stripping. We talked about who I wanted to deliver the baby if she came while my doctor was out of town. I decided to have Christina deliver the baby if she came that next week. Christina was in the delivery room when my twins came via C-section and was super amazing while he was getting my spinal. I wanted that positive energy in the delivery room on this baby's big day. Oh, I know. Sweet. February 20, my mom got into town. The Calvary made it. My OB was out of town and I knew, I just knew this little girl was going to make her appearance this week. Tuesday, the 21st, I had an appointment with Christina. She checked my cervix and I was three centimeters, but it did get up to four centimeters. I was still 50% effaced and not super soft. 
she asked if I wanted her uh, to strip the membranes. I had parent-teacher conferences for four kids later that day, and two of my kids had dentist appointments the next day. <laughs> I'll just <have> to wait. <laughs> we walked, uh, let's see, we talked about natural ways to induce labor and scheduled an appointment for Thursday afternoon uh, to strip my membranes. One of the natural ways to induce labor is by eating dates. I can't remember how many she recommended to eat in a day, but uh, she can tell you now that Seven evening. Seven Seven to nine. Nine. Okay, very good. Um, that evening, I went to Fred Meyers to purchase some. I had no idea where on earth they would be. Instead of hunting around, I opted to locate an employee and ask. I found three employees talking together, all young men, probably 20 years old. <laughs> I approached them, I thought, I need to be very articulate about what I was asking for. How weird would it be for a nine-month pregnant lady, oh my gosh, <laughs> asking a group of young man, men how to find dates? <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. With their help, I found the dates and headed home to eat the recommended amount. I ate more than that. I wanted this baby out. <laughs> Wednesday came, 39 weeks pregnant. I did my usual walking at the dipper. When I got home, I was constantly in motion. Laundry, last minute baby prep, etc. The evening approached and I was tired. I hadn't slept very well in the last couple of nights, so I decided to take some Unisom and get to bed around 10 p.m. Wouldn't you know, I was awake from 1, 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. I was finally able to drift off to sleep. I was awakened by the feeling of fluid leaking. Luckily, I was wearing a pad. I looked up at the clock projecting on the ceiling, 3.30 a.m. Well, I want to put yeah. my ceiling. Yeah, that is cool. I like that. I said, Tyler, my water broke. No response. Tyler, my water broke. Still no <laughs> response. Tyler, my water broke. With that, he was up and moving. I called the midwife and I and while I called her, I found it out it would be Chris it wouldn't be Christina that would be delivering. It would be Tanya. I oh, had never dude. met I had never met Tanya. Oh well, that baby was coming out either way. <clears throat> while my husband was grabbing the last minute things and getting ready. I went downstairs to wake up my mom. My mom is a super late sleeper. I knocked on the door and said, mom, nothing. I knocked a little louder. Mom, <laughs> silence. Is she okay? I was never <laughs> able to sneak out as a teenager. And now this, I knocked louder <laughs> and raised my voice. Mom, <laughs> she's doing a lot of raising her voice to get people up. Finally, <laughs> a groggy response. She came to the door and I told her my water broke and that we were headed to the hospital. About 10 minutes later, we were in the car on our way. We got to the hospital five minutes before 4 a.m. I got checked in at the ER, and then a nurse from L&D came to get me. My first birth from start to finish was under three hours. Oh, wow. My Girl. second was under two and a half hours. I fully intended that this baby would be out before shift changed at seven. I had three hours left. The nurse took us to the triage room, and I mentioned that they were working on getting, and mentioned that they were working on getting a room cleaned for us. I asked her how long she thought it would be before we got to a room, and she thought about an hour. She checked me, and I was at six, still long, and the baby was high. I had decided that I wanted to, again, have this baby without an epidural. Several painful contractions later, I changed my mind. That was <laughs> This was our last, so why not just try an epidural? Yeah. I hit the call button. Yeah, you get, she, then she's got all the whole gamut of experiences, right? That's been really That's good she can give yeah. sound advice. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I hit the call button and asked for the epidural. A few minutes later, she walked in with a wheelchair and I was taken to a room. 
The anesthesiologist came in and I signed some papers. I got the epidural, my first epidural, at 6 a.m. While I was sitting in the bed hunched over my pumpkin-sized belly, I was grasping my husband's hand. I was sitting as still as I could, and then Tyler said while pushing his hand away, I have to go. My immediate thought was, no, you can't go to the bathroom now. And then with his eyes on the couch in the room, he said, uh, he said again, I have to go so I won't pass out. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, that's scary. I let his hand go and was slightly annoyed that the nurse was getting juice for him while he was lying down. Tyler was back on his feet real quick. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) I know. Uh, Right by my side the rest of the time. I was checked shortly thereafter and I was at an eight. Things slowed down after that. I was asked to roll over to my side for a while with a peanut in between my legs. A peanut ball, rather. She didn't put the ball part in there, but just for listeners. It wasn't just a little peanut. It's a ball (laughs) shape. It's a peanut-shaped ball. Yeah. (laughs) After I spent uh, time on my side, the nurse asked me to roll uh, to the other side. I was checked again at 10, uh, 10 to 7 a.m., and I was still only 8 centimeters. Shift change happened. Eventually, it was decided that I needed my bladder emptied in the hopes that that would get things going again. A catheter and an empty bladder later, and we were back on track. There was some back labor. The baby was sunny side up. Plus, the nurse and the midwife for providing counter pressure. At one point, I was checked, and the nurse thought that there was a hand that was presenting itself. My midwife came and double-checked, and luckily, it was not a hand. Not sure what it was, but I was relieved. At oh, that man. point, Yeah. At that point, the midwife stayed in the room. So different from all my other deliveries with my OBGYN, who was in and out and only seemed to stay when I was about to push. At a previous delivery, a nurse mentioned that my husband should be a doula, and boy, am I glad he was my support. He held my hand through every delivery, and this was no different. At one point, he went to grab my water for me that was a little out of reach. While he wasn't holding my hand, a contraction came, and I snapped at him. (laughs) My fingers, that is. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I can just see it. And he grabbed my hand. Now, like most labors, I was so hot. His health, his hand felt so nice and cold up against my forehead. Poor guy. You better believe I used his nice chilled hand to wipe some sweat from my brow. <laughs> I'm not sure how effective the epidural was. At one point, Tanya asked me how much pain I was in. I said a seven. And she mentioned that she thought that I could use something if I was up to that. She called in the anesthesiologist. He mentioned that he could adjust the epidural and it might work better, or it could work less. I thought, geez, we are so close to the end. Let's not do anything. I told him no thanks. Finally, at 8.59 a.m., I was fully complete. Kind of. My midwife said that my cervix was complete, but every time I had a contraction, there was a piece that was sticking out. I was still laying on my right side and had told her that I really wanted to push. She told me just to do gentle pushes. With each contraction, the midwife had her hand up my woohoo, applying pressure to the pesky cervix. (laughs) 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 Tanya suggested uh, talking to the anesthesiologist again. I completely agreed. She sent for him. He came back and was talking to me. I was laying on my side, turned away from him in the middle of a contraction. So I really don't know what he said. And I didn't care. I just wanted some relief. (laughs) He injected some meds into my IV. Tonya said, all right, let's get you on your back and see if we can start pushing with the next contraction. I was about to roll over, but a contraction started and I opted to stay on my side and then move after the contraction. I'd been pushing gently when I felt like it. Well, I certainly felt like it now, so I pushed. Something about this felt way different. The midwife said, we're having a baby. She turned to the nurse and said, we need an extra set of hands. 
Well, she got on the walkie-talkie thing and tried to call someone. But like any good technology, when you need it, something goes wrong. Those darn Boceros, they'll get you. In this case, it didn't recognize her request. So she ended up pushing the distress button. That is the best way to get help, you know. Well, it is a lot of it. You get a lot. Yep. (laughs) We went from the nurse and the midwife into the room to at least another five people there. Yep. I was looking around at all these women. (laughs) All these women that were there supporting me during one of my most important moments of life. Oh. Three of these women um, that came into the room were there for some of the births of my other children. Oh, my husband, so I know. I just, I really, that was, I liked that. My husband saw me looking around and knowing that I am a warrior reeled me back in before I started to wonder why there were so many people there or why <laughs> it was urgent enough that the nurse didn't just try calling again. He leaned over and got my eyes back on him and kept me focused on him and wouldn't let my eyes drift. I was on my back now, and one of the nurses that had come in, my nurse from when my twins were born, said to me, Audra, with this next push, you need to push with everything you've got. All right, here it goes. Big breath. The nurse was pushing on my pubic bone, and I was pushing. And out came our caboose. It was 9.26 a.m. Baby girl was put on my chest. Uh, There she was, my last baby. My husband and I hadn't officially decided on a name. We were about 90% sure. As she was lying there, I knew her name was Lila. And I said, Lila, then thought, shoot, I didn't get his stamp of approval. I looked at my husband and he said, Lila. I I know. I then went into my post-delivery thanking mode. According to my husband, I do this after every baby. (laughs) I essentially uh, say thank you to everyone in the room while holding my prize. (laughs) The Oscars (laughs) or Grammys. (laughs) Lila wasn't really crying, and I said to the nurses, not like they needed my approval or anything, you can take her if you need to. The nurse said, oh, no, she's fine. A couple of moments later, and she uh, still just weak, periodic crying, so she was taken over and cleaned up and then brought back to me. Come to find out there was a shoulder dystocia, which was why they needed some extra hands. Luckily, Lila didn't break a clavicle. Yoo-hoo! It came time to weigh Lila, and she was a chunk. There were two nurses working transition. One of them was training, and there was a resident there. A couple of them started laughing when Lila was on the scale, which I was curious as to why. Well, they had a friendly bet as to the size of my daughter. You see, if the baby is over 4,000 grams, then they have some blood sugar protocol that has to be followed. One of them thought she would be over that amount. The other thought she would be under. The bet was that the loser had to make the winner cookies. Oh, wow. That got serious. <laughs> Holy. So I made some kind of joke with this being m- about blood sugar. Do you really think cookies are the best prize? <laughs> <laughs> My daughter was over that, weighing in at nine pounds, three ounces. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Things finally got quiet and we had a break. It was just the three of us. Tyler was taking a nap on the couch. It felt like I could at last get some rest. I wanted to put Lila down, but the little baby cart was across the room. I couldn't get up to get it yet because of the epidural. So there I sat, longing for sleep, but unwilling to press the call button. Uh, Instead, I sat looking at my sweet little girl. In hindsight, I'm glad I didn't sleep. Just precious moments. You only have so few of them. Sometime between noon and two, not only did I get switched to another room, but they switched nurses. I was ticked. Here I had this life-changing experience with my nurse, and they gave me someone new. (laughs) Needless to say, I was thrilled when just after 5 p.m., the nurse that was with me during delivery dropped in uh, to see me and the baby. 
Two days later, as I was waiting to be discharged, I was relaxing in the room holding Lila, just enjoying the calm and quiet. I came across this quote, motherhood is near to divinity. It is the highest, holiest service to be assumed by mankind. It places her who honors its holy calling and service next to the angels. I sat in that room and reflected on the sacredness of the space. In that hospital, I became a mother. I had a surgery to deliver my baby that we lost at 20 weeks. I had a rainbow baby. I had a set of twins. Then there was a baby born during COVID and now our caboose. All of them miracles. I'm grateful to be a mother and grateful for the amazing women and two men that took care of me and my children all the times we were there. I was glad that the distress button was pushed and there were so many familiar faces uh, in there for my finale. Ah, so I really cool. love that story. The way that she just like wrapped it up too. I'm getting teary eyed over here like Christina. Yeah. Uh, wow. What a great story. Oh, I loved it. So cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you so much. And um, I love that you shared the frustration of having your quote unquote irritable uterus because it's so uh, annoying to have contractions over and over again that don't lead to labor. Yeah. Um, and it's so tiring and and you made such good choices for yourself. Yeah. I, yeah. It's hard to do that in yeah, the moment. Well, and you did. And it sounds like you did yeah. perfect. Sounds like you it. Go, girl. <laughs> go over here crying. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So um, the next one here is from Katie, and she is my cousin, and um, this is the birth story of Atara. What a cool name. The title says, does she look blue? Question mark. I have a double uterus and two cervixes, which mine is like a normal uterus. It's just completely split down the middle and is walled on both sides and sides and go down and goes down into two cervix. I was always told that they weren't sure if I would ever carry to full term. I've had seven, a total of seven miscarriages. Oh God. Yeah. Like, cause there's, you know, it's hard. There's no room. Right. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So she, she says, so when I got the news, of become or being pregnant again, excitement was fairly dull. I mean, you always hope for the best, but there's always the back thought of I'm not telling anyone until I know this is a sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to 12 weeks. Dot 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 dot. No bleeding, no cramping, no signs that I was going to lose the baby. Exciting, she said. Yeah. Million explanation points. Oh my gosh, I love that. I got to tell everyone. So skipping past, I had to go in for multiple, um, wait, hold on. So skipping past, I had to go in for multiple checkups, test extra ultrasounds, all kinds of things. Well, one week prior to my due date, I had an appointment with my doctor and she informed me from the last ultrasound, I had low fluid. So she sent me home to rest, quote unquote. Yeah, right. And that I would need to go into the hospital to be induced at 10 p.m. So I went home and set everything up for my baby to come home and went into the hospital. When I arrived, they got me into a room and my doctor came in. She explained that they were going to give me some medicine that could start the labor process. They did that. And after two hours, it just didn't really do the trick. I was having some contractions, but nothing too bad. At 12, my doctor came in and stated she was going to break my water, dot, 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 dot which kind of scared me a little because I was like, 
what if she does that and we still just sit here? Well, my worries were so false. (laughs) No, they were true worries, but you didn't have to worry. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Well, my worries were so false. She broke my water and I immediately started having more powerful contractions. After about an hour, I looked at the nurse in the room and I said, I have to poop. Oh, wow. She informed me I did not have to poop. And I argued, I do have to poop. (laughs) And she told me, that is just your body telling you to push. And she goes, nope, I need to poop. (laughs) And this is only an hour later? Yeah. Wow. I said, and they let me get up and go to the bathroom. So they must have checked her and realized. They must have. Yeah. But she wasn't delivering her. Right, exactly. My mom followed me in there and stood directly in front of me and said, how are you doing? I laid my head on my mom's stomach, leaning forward on the toilet. And I said, I didn't have to poop, but I can't do this. (laughs) My mom chuckled for a second and said, well, it's a little late for that now. You can do this. (laughs) I walked back out of the bathroom and asked for an epidural. I am not afraid of needles, but at that point, I was afraid of contractions. Yeah. I was so uncomfortable. My contractions were not even a minute apart and lasting for what felt like forever. I remember the nurse telling me to rest in between contractions. The only thought in my head was, how the hell do you want me to rest, lady? (laughs) (laughs) They're less than a minute apart. (laughs) I was just squirming with pain. I couldn't hold still. And and then my savior walked into the room. They're always the savior. They are. I know. He explained I would have to sit and not move at all while he placed the epidural. That was the stillest I had sat the whole night. They handed me a button and showed me where to push the bam relief. relief. (laughs) Next thing I know, the nurse came back and said I was 10 centimeters and I felt like I had a push. Wow, that went really quick. Yeah. The urge of needing to push was pretty wild. She told me we were going to do some practice pushes before the doctor came back in. And I informed her she better be ready to catch if we're practicing anything. (laughs) (laughs) The doctor came back in and we were pushing. The doctor informed me that she was going to have to make a cut and do an incision after. But once they sat that little girl on my chest, I didn't care what they had to do. 18 hours after having my little angel, I was laying her down in the hospital bassinet. And I said, there's something wrong. Does she look blue? The nurse ran to her and brought in a machine. Her O2 was at 60. Holy moly. How scary. Yeah. I'm glad she noticed. Yeah, me too. They immediately got her down to the NICU and put her oxygen or put her on oxygen. I was told I could not touch her unless it was time to feed her. The doctor assumed that she had a hard transition and was not doing good breathing on her own. She was in the NICU for six days, which isn't long, but I was released on day two. I went home to all the things I had just set up to bring my baby home with no baby. I ran up to the hospital every two hours to feed her. I wouldn't miss a feeding. Day two in the NICU, she was off oxygen and breathing normal. Day three, we could pick her up and hold her. Day four, they were sizing her car seat, but she was a little jaundiced. When day six arrived and they said you could take, we could take her home, I leaped f- for joy. The, the biggest hurdle during the whole thing was going home without a baby, baby after all of that. Yeah. I, can't, I cannot imagine if she would have never been able to come home. Oh, gosh, that's a deep thought. No kidding. 
that just got me. But the yeah. thought ran through my head all six days. Oh. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. But it sounds like she went home and is doing well. Yeah. And Good. she's, um, is she, I think she's a little bit older than Coraline. Okay. I think she's a year, almost a year or half year older than my Coco. Okay. All yeah. right. That's awesome. So there's one more from her. Yeah. And you want to read it, Megan? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How do you say her? Oh, she, Kyrie. Kyrie. Her kids have cool names. Cool. Okay. Um, she titled this, She Wore You Like a Puppet. I like that she titled her stories. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really happen very Hold often. On. It's Hold on. What do you think? I So I have not read this one because I oh. felt like it was going to be really funny because the title just makes okay, me yeah, wonder. So she, we did a guess like as to what happened. She Wore You yeah. Like a Puppet. What do you oh, think? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't, what could have happened? I don't know. I, I think she had a retained placenta and they had to go in and manually remove it. Oh, okay. but I don't know. I did not That's read it. Guess. I promise. I have no idea okay. what really happened, but when I read the title, I was like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> oh yes. I understand now where I think you're right. <laughs> because it is true. I mean, if you go in for a retained placenta, you are up in someone's vagina to your elbow. Yeah. So I think I think that's what it is. I don't know, but I'm excited to hear. So. So as I stated before, I have a double uterus. So my second child was actually in the opposite side, which was pretty cool to learn. That is she, cool. She said, it's a surprised. It surprised me. Somebody found the 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 doorway to Narnia or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It's really funny. That is. I had a fairly normal pregnancy, not too sick, uh, really, not anything wrong. We were excited. My due date was set for the end of July 2018. Well, towards the beginning of July, uh, first I started having contractions. I w- uh, I was induced for my first child, so I really had no idea what to expect. So contractions still scared me a little. I went in and told them I was having contractions, so they hooked me up to all the monitors to check. They explained I was not having contractions, maybe Braxton Hicks, so I went back home. Contractions lightened for about a week, but then returned. Went in again, same result. I told my husband, well, I'm just going to go to work and wait. I went to work several days uh, and in precaution took blankets and towels with me because I worried my water would break. (laughs) I drove for a living, so I just sat on towels during my shift. Well, I worked a midnight shift at a local casino driving shuttle on uh, July uh, 12th through 13th. Everything seemed to be fine. I walked in, went to the bathroom, and was headed back uh, to the parking lot in my bus. When I heard it, it sounded like a water balloon pop. And then I was just wet. Oh, I man. thought, did I just pee my pants? And she was walking. So she didn't even get to like use the towels. Um, let's see. Did I just pee my pants? No, I just went to the bathroom. Oh my God, my water just broke. It was 4 a.m. on the 13th. I called my boss and said, my water just broke. I have to leave. She replied, congratulations and good luck. Wait, is the bus okay? <laughs> 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 I responded with a laugh. Thank God for my towels. I called my husband. No answer. So I called my mom. She tiredly, she tiredly answered. Uh, 
Uh, so instead of just driving to the hospital, I drove to my mom's house. I got there and said, you better have a pair of pants I can wear. And she did. <laughs> she asked if she could take a shower before we go because we were going to be there a while. All I thought was, really? After a shower and me sitting there in new pants, we left for the hospital. New pants didn't help soaked, uh, didn't help soaked again by the time we made it. Yeah. My husband arrived and we were just sitting there in, in the room. My mom, my grandma, and my husband. My husband's mom showed up uh, later in the day. Contractions weren't as bad this time as I remembered from my first labor, but it seemed as though they were, uh, though we were there forever. So everything seemed so good. Slow and steady, I received an epidural again, thank goodness. So once the time came, a little before I needed to push, my husband's mom wanted to stay in the room, and I said no, which caused a little chaos, but I don't really like anyone looking at my vagina, and I surely didn't need my mother-in-law looking at it, so out she went. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, um, I'm i sad that she said there was a little bit of chaos, because I'm sure she was upset. That yeah. she was being removed at the like the fun time, but it's mm-hmm. it's her body. It's, it's and it's her experience and her experience. Yeah, and as disappointing as it can be to not be a part of someone's birth that you want to be a part of, it's their birth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm glad that she spoke up because a lot of people don't, and then they're like they're uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable in their own birthing space, and that's not okay. Right. I agree. Um, okay. It was time to push. I was pushing and it hurt so much more than before. Come to find out I had tore baby delivered. All was well until the doctor went in to get the afterbirth. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Great. The cord had ripped in half. She couldn't grab it. Oh, oh no. Yeah. That's a scary situation. Yeah. Yeah. I really couldn't feel anything at this point, but my very honest and open husband said, your doctor is currently wearing you like a puffer. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the visual for me. Like It is. It is. Oh, my God. Never that thought about crazy. it like that. Me neither. But now I'm never going to be able to unsee this again. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I, I was thinking it had to be that. It had to. Have oh, been yeah, no, it oh makes God. sense. Hopefully. What the hell? She writes, my doctor had to go in and physically pull to remove the last part with her hand. Well, thank God my mother-in-law wasn't in there. I I had tore a lot. I couldn't tell you how many stitches I needed, but it was a lot. Uh, my baby was happy and healthy, and I couldn't have asked uh, for any more. The end. Oh. That was really great. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, you're, you were right. You were right. I- I had a suspicion because I was like, I have been thinking about it for a while. Like, what could that possibly mean? And that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. No, that was good. Yeah. Look at your critical thinking brain. Yeah. Well, that was right. And I wasn't expecting like her husband to say that. No, no. Very funny. I know. It's a humor family. Yeah. No way. Um, Cool. And Thank you for sharing. And also, um, just, I love how she just like kind of, you know, nonchalantly is like, yeah, I have two uteruses. And two I, know. You do. I know. I <laughs> know. Like, it's wild. But it's really cool. And cool. how, um, how amazing cool. that through all of the, after all of those losses and yeah. that just absolute frustration and. I know. 
sadness and disappointment that she had two beautiful babies. Yes. I'm so happy for you, Katie. Thanks for sharing your stories. Those were so good. So everybody, we have to remind people to send in their stories. Yes. The things um, we, they're trickling in, but we need more. We're just always needy. Yes. We're so very needy, but we, we don't have all that. We can't tell your stories. So you have to send them in. Yeah. Yep. We have we them. Them that we like to, we would like to share, but you guys have to share them with us in order for us yeah. to be able to share them. Yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, and so where do they do that at Christina? Where do they share their stories? So you can go to www.theaos411.com or email www. No email the AOS 411 at gmail.com. And also somebody was um, asking me the other day, is there a way to like truly be anonymous? Cause our forms require a name. And, Oh, um, so, um, I was, we like, can remove that. We can remove that. Yes. Yes, there is. We we'll can remove, remove that. that. So we that you don't, that. Ha- yeah, you don't have yeah. to put your name so you can be completely anonymous. And so yeah. we don't even now have to know who you are. Yeah, so that's a great point. So yeah, we'll get that fixed. Yeah. So we're going to fix that. And um, whoever it is that's been thinking about sending that story in, um, send it in and we're going to remove that today. So yeah. Um, yeah. And I hope that everybody's out there enjoying the weather and the summer and not letting it go by too quickly. And yeah. Let us know how you think about this. Um, this format because sometimes Megan and I can't physically be together, but we want to still give you content. And the only way to do that is to record together afar. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So yeah, I am curious if um, what you guys think about it, if it feels different or if it's terrible or whatever, it'd be good. Yeah. Feedback to have. And then, um, yeah, don't forget to rate and review us and uh, written reviews always helpful. Give us a like. We'll just keep on keeping up. All right. Well, hope you feel enlightened today. Yes, we do. Spread love and laughter. (laughs) Bye. Bye.